It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Fix-It Shorts with Richard and Jim. Solutions podcast in 15 minutes or less. So, Jim, all of us have to learn to live with that fire hose of information, the Internet. It's so easy to be overwhelmed and unfocused, stuff coming at us all the time. But Pulitzer Prize-winning author Charles Duhigg says we can be better workers, better parents, better thinkers, if we think differently about the routine stuff in our lives. He wrote the book Smarter, Faster, Better. And in this episode of Fix It Shorts, we've made it simple, taking Charles Duhigg's top four tips for making us more productive. We'll have a summary of those four tips at the end of this show. Think of it as a smarter, faster, better version of how to fix it. Yeah. One of the things he talks about and that we all have experience with is email which can be a blessing and a curse. Most of us get so many messages every day. Should we clear out our inbox every day? Should we get to inbox zero or just ignore it? Charles says there's a different approach. Email is designed to, to encourage us to be reactive, to say, I want to get to zero inbox. But are you getting to zero inbox because that makes you productive? The most productive people are people who push themselves to, to be proactive rather than reactive. So one of the best mental models that I've heard for thinking about email is to look at email as a suggestion rather than an obligation. And a suggestion that you get from your boss, for instance, is a suggestion that you're going to listen to pretty, pretty closely. You're going to reply to that suggestion. But a suggestion that comes from someone you know, on the other side of the company or from someone outside the, of your, your immediate circle, those are suggestions that you know, if it's in your best interest, you'll listen to it if it makes sense to you. But otherwise, you might also just ignore it. There's no need to follow up and tell someone, oh, I ate at the restaurant you suggested to me or I, di- or I decided not to. Yeah, so and- I don't respond to an email or somebody doesn't, more importantly, somebody doesn't respond to my email, I shouldn't feel pissed. Well, I don't think you should feel pissed. I think that you should then figure out, like, how important is this to you? Do you email them again? Do you call them on the phone? I mean, this is the thing is that we've gotten to a place where people hit hit the email button so easily that we know that people send emails that are not actually for things that are important. And so the question is, how do you create a little bit of a higher transaction cost on the emails that you don't want to necessarily deal with? And the answer is you force people to, to give you a phone call or to email you two or three times. But are there any, any tips that you can say, this will make your life better when it comes to email? 
So, so this is how I do emails. I sit down and just go through the inbox and I just hit delete a lot. But then the things that are left over that I really have to deal with, what I do is I hit reply, reply, reply. I fill up my screen with all the replies that I need to deal with. And then we know from neurological studies that it's easiest to motivate, it's easiest to get things done when I feel like I'm making a choice or a decision where I'm in, I can assert some type of control. And so what I'll often do is I'll take all these responses on my, my screen and I'll type like a half sentence in each one, basically just just asserting some choice. So if someone's saying like, let's have a meeting, I'll say like, sure, but let's start at three o'clock and I need to be done by 3.15. Or if they say, hey, can you come, can you go to lunch? I'll say, sure, but I, I want to go eat Indian food at this one place I like. And I'll literally just write those half sentences, fill up, you know, do that like 10 or 15 times with all the resp- replies that are on my screen. And then I'll go back and I'll fill in all the, the secondary stuff, right? Like, hey, Jim, yes, I'd love to meet. Let's do it at three o'clock. Thanks so much, Charles. But the point being there is that by asserting myself, by transforming that chore into a choice, it's not only easier to motivate, it's also just much easier to move through that stuff quickly. Well, I'm fascinated by what you just said, transforming a chore into a choice. So this idea that we have choice and we have some control over what we're doing, you think is crucial to us being more effective. Well, we know that it's crucial to self-motivation. The fastest way to create self-motivation is to find some choice that we can take advantage of. We're not talking about just self-motivation. We're talking about success. Charles spoke of transforming a chore into a choice, coming up with a routine that works for you, harnessing our tendency to fall into habits. Yeah, one habit that I'm trying to get out of is checking my email too often. I'm trying to limit it to several times a day rather than many times a day. Well, you know, it's set up to reward, to sort of trigger your reward system. And a lot of things in our digital lives work in this level that kind of triggers our our habits to constantly stay involved, which isn't really good for productivity. Now, we also talked about to-do lists, the stuff we write down about what we want to do. I I mean, hell, I have seven or eight to-do lists scattered all over my desk at home. (laughs) Can't find them. And, And Charles says, don't just write down your random thoughts like you do, Jim. At the top of a to-do list, what we should do is we should write what's known as a stretch goal. Our biggest goal for today, our most important thing for today, for this week, for this month. So the toughest thing, the biggest thing that we we want to get accomplished. Not necessarily the toughest thing. Okay. The most important thing, right? Because, Because the toughest thing could be like write a book. Right? That's or run a marathon. That's pretty tough. But what's the most important thing for you to get? If you could only get one thing done today and this week and this month, what are those things? And put that at the top of the list. Put that at the top of the list. And then that way, when you look down at your to-do list every single time, you're forcing yourself to think, is what I'm doing right now, does it align with my top priorities? Right? But the point is that this is a device. We can turn a to-do list from a memory aid into a device that forces us to think a little bit more deeply about our priorities. So what did Charles Duhigg learn from others while researching this topic? The people who are most productive and successful, they tend to push themselves to think a little bit more deeply. And it's not hugely more deeply. It's just like half an inch more deeply about things like priorities and which goals to focus on and how they self-motivate. Charles also talks about how mental modeling can help us be more successful. So one of the things that we know is that the most successful executives tend to be people who build mental models every day. And for instance, what that means is that they they think about their schedule, right? Like today I've got a meeting from 10 to 11 o'clock. And most of us will just think about like, okay, I've got this meeting. I need to be in the room for it. 
But people who are particularly productive and successful, they tend to think a little bit more deeply and just say, okay, how is this meeting going to start? Well, well, Bill's going to start by introducing this topic that I, re- that I don't care about very much. So what I need to do is I need to move us on to the next item on the agenda. And Susan, Susan's going to object to the idea I bring up because she always objects. So I need to have a response ready to cut her off before she like, you know, kind of poisons the waters. They just, they try and tell themselves a story about what's going to happen with just a half a degree more specificity than other people. One of my favorite quotes comes from Haley Barber, who said, you know, the most important thing is keeping the most important thing the most important thing. In other words, keeping your eye on that thing that matters most to you is the secret to success. And that sounds easy to say, yet we know in practice you get to work and there's like a hundred emails to deal with and these people stopping by your office saying, can you help me out with this? And there's some phone call that interrupts you in the middle of something. We need a mental model, a story we've told ourselves about how we expect our day to unfold to allow us to, to say automatically to the person who sticks their head in, hey, look, I can't come stop by your meeting. I got other stuff I'm focused on right now. On the other hand, when the phone rings and it's some expert that, that you know, helps me write the chapter that I've decided is the most important thing for today, to, to stop and pick up that phone call, that does contribute to what I want to get done. So did writing the book make you smarter, faster, and better? Yes. Yes. Researching this book definitely made me smarter, faster, and better. Um, it's, it's had a huge, hugely positive impact on my life. So Charles, I know you're, you're a parent, you're a dad. How did writing Smarter, Faster, Better make you a better parent? Well, I, you know, one of the things that it's done is it's given me a whole bunch of tools to try and figure out what's really going on inside my kids' lives. You know, one of the issues that we had is that my wife and I were constantly getting home late to have family dinner with our kids. And, and we know that family dinner is important, right? It's something that we actually cared about a lot. And we couldn't figure out why we kept on getting home late. And, and so we sat down and we used this method known as the five whys. This comes from the, the Toyota production system or, or what's known now as lean manufacturing or agile methodologies. What agile and lean say is that you need to figure out what's kind of at the core of what's driving your problem. You need to do a root cause analysis to really be able to solve a, a, an issue. And so my wife and I sat down and one of the easiest techniques of this is just to ask why five times. So we said, look, we're getting home for dinner for dinner late. Why is that? Well, the first why is it's because we keep on meaning to leave the office at five o'clock, but we have all this stuff at the end of the day to deal with. And so we don't get at the door till like six. So why do we have all this stuff to deal with at the office? Well, it's because we're getting to the office right before our first meeting. And so as a result, all the stuff that we want to take care of in the morning, we end up putting off until the evening. So why are we not getting to work until right before our first meeting? Well, it's because we're leaving the house late. And why are we leaving the house late? It's because it takes forever to get our kids dressed. Like one of my sons like wants to try on like four pairs of pants. Why is it taking so long to get dressed? Well, it's because we haven't figured out what clothes for them to wear the night before. So every night our kids lay out the clothes that they're going to wear the next day. And, and as a result, the, when they wake up, they put them on. And we're able to get out the door faster and then come home in time for dinner. And if you had told me that the key to having dinner as a family was improving our nighttime ritual about our kids laying out their clothes, I would have said that they're completely unconnected. And yet this methodology of looking at root causes, of just asking why five times, it allowed us to see something important about our own lives. And that's really what productivity is about. Charles Duhigg, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. We're all much smarter, faster, better for for speaking with you. 
So as promised, Jim, here are Charles Duhigg's top four tips to make us smarter, faster, better. All right. Number one, see emails as suggestions, not obligations. Turn that chore into a choice. You don't have to respond to everything. Yeah, that, that's a lesson for me. Uh, number two, put stretch goals at the top of your to-do list. The most ambitious, most important thing, number one. Yeah, I like the way he says, remind yourself every day what really matters, what your big goals are. Number three, use mental modeling to be productive. Think about your goals and priorities a little more deeply than just simply making another list. And number four, the most important thing is the most important thing. Don't lose sight of your higher goal while doing the daily stuff of life. Want more? Charles's website has short, entertaining videos on the science of habit. Find them at charlesduhig.com. Imagine for a moment that you have a habit that you really want to change. Let's say, for instance, you go up to the cafeteria every afternoon and you eat a chocolate chip cookie. This habit has caused you to gain a little bit of weight. In fact, this habit has caused you to gain exactly eight pounds, and your wife has started making some pointed comments. And when I say you, what I really mean is me, because this is a habit that I had that I just couldn't kick. And you can also find a longer version of what Charles told us on episode 54 of How Do We Fix It at HowDoWeFixIt.me. And as always, we welcome your comments, your ideas. Let us know what you want to hear on the show. Subscribe on iTunes. And, you know, those nice five-star ratings never hurt. And you get a polite prompt if you go to HowDoWeFixIt.me. How Do We Fix It is produced by Davies Content. For more, go to DaviesContent.com. Our producer is Miranda Schaefer, who always makes us sound smarter than we really are. Does she? (laughs) Yeah, I guess she does. Thanks for joining us. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.